Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper in prayer? Did you know I'm reaching millions of people every month through the power of prayer on social media? You can join me for daily corporate prophetic prayer sessions as I press into what the Lord is saying and release words of knowledge, prophecy, counsel, and teaching. Join online Mornings with the Holy Spirit prayer calls, facebook.com slash Jennifer LeClaire, Periscope at Prophetic Books. These calls are bringing transformation to people in the nations around the world. Mornings with the Holy Spirit, Facebook, Periscope, 6 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, or catch the replay. You have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seer's ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. Hey, everyone. Welcome to uh, our Facebook Live. Today, we're talking about how to write a book in record-breaking time. We want to help as many authors as we possibly can, and even those of you that are interested in trying to figure out whether or not you want to write a book or you know definitively that you're called to write a book and you are currently either Uh, publishing one, you've written one, you've got manuscripts that are sitting on the side, and you're trying to figure out whether or not those manuscripts are good enough. And then there are some that are interested um, in writing. Actually, you have written it, published the book. Maybe they didn't, the book, your first book or second book did not go exactly how you wanted it to go. And so I'm hoping that uh, the tips that we share today will be something that you could walk away with and say, okay, this is how I can write a best-selling book. But over the past few years, I've had the honor of um, writing and publishing over 40 books. And that's a whole lot of books to talk about. And not only writing and publishing 40 books, but endorsing countless of other books by a variety of authors who write in different types of genre. Mostly, they've been uh, nonfiction books. And as an author, I'm a nonfiction writer, but there's a diversity of genres. And later on, we'll share some of those genres that uh, you might find interesting and you might end up just uh, building your tent there and parking there and really uh, becoming an awesome, uh, awesome author. But I fell into writing based on the demands of my followers. Um, I had the opportunity again to become a best-selling author and write best-selling books, but writing books kind of like was a natural progression in my career path because as a speaker, I never felt as if I had enough time to share completely on a subject matter, especially when you were giving 45 minutes or a half an hour or even an hour to write. And I felt really pressured to uh, continue to empower and arm people with information so that 
if I never had an opportunity to meet those individuals again, or they never had an opportunity to listen to me again, at least they would have the tools necessary to live life on purpose and to maximize their potential. And I've always felt like I was a catalyst in the hands of God with an assignment to bring tools that would help emerging leaders or even existing leaders to thrive as influencers and innovators uh, within a culture of empowerment that I would pray that God would help me to create on a global stage. And I learned a lot of lessons on my journey and I had a very steep um, learning curve. And so the purpose of right, uh, engaging you at this particular time is to help you to um, overcome some unnecessary hurdles and perhaps make your learning curve not as steep as mine was. I also wanted to share some book writing tips so that you can get started. We have a lot of time on our hands and I wanted to help you to get started on your writing journey. And so I'm loving those hearts and I'm loving those thumbs up. So if there's anything that strikes you during this presentation, I want you to give me a thumbs up and a heart so that I can know that you're really connecting with the message. Um, so in a few minutes, I'm also going to be able to share with you some of the categories uh, that you would be able to write in and some of the genres. And um, I, I, like I said, I'm a nonfiction writer, but there's basically only two categories. You're either a fiction writer or a nonfiction writer. But under both of those categories, you have these genres. And I'll talk to you a little bit about it in a minute. I want to just uh, lay out the terrain for you uh, over the next couple of minutes. I want to talk to you about why writers write um, and how to pay attention to that still small voice inside of you, how to commit to writing your book and things that you have to understand about writing a book. And then I want to challenge you to figure out why you want to write the book in the beginning, uh, help you to know who your audience is and how to get your inspirational juices flowing and then how to chart a, a course, what journey, what path um, do you need to take um, as a writer, if you're going to engage your reader and the kind of journey that you want to take your reader on. So let's just get started. Why do writers write? Um, J.K. Rollins right now or Rowling right now is one of the most famous and successful writers uh, in this generation. And I found a quote that she said, she said, I've been writing since I was six it is a compulsion, so I can't really say where the desire came from. I've always had it. My breakthrough with the first book came through persistence because a lot of publishers turned it down. And so writers write because they have a compulsion. For me, it was a natural progress progression as a speaker, uh, wanting to give people more information. But I recognize that since the beginning of time, man had a need to communicate with one another. And if you go all the way back, you would learn from the paintings on the wall and the hieroglyphics that man always wanted to communicate. So those paintings that they left on the caves many, many years ago may represent fact or fiction, but a little bit of both of what remains as man's attempt to communicate on a larger scale 
more than just com communicating verbally. And so they, I believe that they had a compelling story that they wanted to tell and they wanted to be remembered <clears throat> by future generations. And so that's a, a really important part of writing. Writing is not just about you doing it for sports, but writing has to do with you having a, a thought, an idea, um, having something that you wanted to communicate with more people than yourself. I had someone once say to me, oh, well, I'm writing because I feel this is what God wants me to do, and I don't care whether people read my book or not. Well, there's a word for that, and it's not a book. The word for writing at that level is called journaling. But today I'm not talking about journaling, where you're putting down your personal thoughts and ideas um, so that you can help yourself sort through your life challenges or your life issues, or you're just writing so that you can engage with ideas that are running through your mind or philosophies you want to deal with. This is broader than this. This is bigger than this. And um, starting here, why do writers write? Uh, there was an article by Charles J. Degara, and he says writers write. He found out that 30% of writers write to educate, to influence, and to help others. And I want to I stop here for a moment and park here and just unpack it for a moment. So if you're a writer and this appeals to you that you really are writing to educate, to influence, and to help others, then you're amongst the top 30. And this is a great reader that whilst we we are able to separate the reasons, we want to paint a big picture so that you can find yourself and locate yourself somewhere amongst uh, these kinds of statistics. And so 15% um, of writers write as a way to express themselves. That's another reason. And so self-expression, and you have many people that uh, read books and they want to express themselves. They want to express themselves about romance, about history. They have ideas that they want to put on paper. Um, you have consultants and counselors who may want to be able to express themselves, but also they have an outlet, a creative expression for their thoughts. And there are so many people that wake up in the wee hour of the moment. Some people express themselves through memoirs. And some people want to express themselves in such a way to influence others. And they end up writing um, kids' books. They want to give uh, counsel or they want to coach someone and they want other people to read it. And so these are the people that express themselves about a certain topic. Then 13% of writers write because they have to. It's a part of their job description. Uh, they are, are either hired by some magazine or they're doing columns. It's a part of uh, a job that they're doing, but they write because they get paid for writing. And um, these are script writings. They might be writing scripts from movies and they're hired by Disney or they're hired by some movie uh, company and they, they, they are hired as a writer um, and it's a part of their job description so they're writing because they have to and if they don't write they get fired. 
Then there's another 13% of writers that write to help other people. And this is really, really clear. You know, I'm writing, um, I want to be able to help other people. Either I want to help other people grow, I want to help other people find their voice, I want to help people to deal with their sexuality, I want to help people to um, pass a test. Um, you know, there's a lot of reasons why people want to help other people. Some people want to help uh, others who have have to overcome the struggle of, of dealing with human trafficking. You know, that's one of their reasons. And then there's 11% of writers that write to educate. Great educational books that are written. Those of you that have ever uh, studied in university, all of us have gone through uh, elementary school, kindergarten, high school. Uh, those of us that have graduated and matriculated uh, through university, through college, we know that we had to buy textbooks. And these were educational texts. These were educational books that were a must read if you were going to graduate with a degree. So there are people that actually write and they write to educate. And then 8% of writers write because of their imagi imagination. And this is J.K. Rowling. I mean, you know, she's got this great imagination that's going through her mind. And I could think of Christian Bale. Um, he wrote the Batman series, and um, it's an entertaining, but those of you that, that like the Marvel books, you could see people that write cartoons. Uh, they write because not they want to educate, but they want to entertain people. They want people to be entertained, and they have this great imagination, and they're sharing their journey. And then 6% of writers write to uh, influence. They want to influence uh, policy. They want to influence the way people think about the world. They want to influence people to buy. Uh, these are influencers and they want to um, be able to influence uh, them along the lines of some issue uh, some problem, some pain point in our communities. And I'm noticing that those hearts are not coming, but I, I need to uh, get you to engage. And if you're hearing something that is really hitting you, keep those hearts coming and those thumbs um, up. And when I see those thumbs, I, that lets me know, okay, I'm hitting uh, uh, in, a, in the right uh, direction. I'm heading in the right direction, hitting a button that you're identifying with. But then there are 6% of writers that write because they were influenced by authors they read. And so some people end up saying, you know, uh, I read a book, I was influenced by this particular author, and I wanted, I wanted to uh, be like them. So these authors became their role models, basically, and they were able to tap into the potential that they had on the inside of them. And that's when they discovered that they can write themselves. And then 10% write. They write uh, not only because of passion, uh, but they write because it's therapeutic or it's pleasurable. And so this is interesting because uh, there are some people that end up publishing great books, uh, not because they are have to, not because uh, they are depending on it as a, a means to live, but they find it great 
they find great pleasure. And uh, that's the 10%. And then there's 5% who write because it's their passion. And I, I love that because if you could find your passion, you usually could attach that passion to some potential that is hidden on the inside of you. But yet we still have uh, a few more, 5% of writers write because it's therapeutic. And then they end up writing um, these amazing books that end up being their either memoir or it ends up being a bestseller. They never started out. Uh, wanting to be an author, but it was therapeutic for them. And then they go on and some publisher picks them up and the rest is history. And then 3% uh, write primarily because, again, it's their profession. And 2% write primarily to entertain themselves. And then they end up entertaining others. And so, you know, Ron Gleek, he writes The Wizard in Wonderland. And he said, my first motivation though it, it was to en entertain. And he was entertaining himself, and he ended up writing these captivating manuscripts. He became this playwright or screenwriter. And then, you know, if you're writing to entertain, we know J.K. Rowling, how our books turned out into blockbusting movies, and so many people were entertained. And the last two categories, 2% write to immortalize themselves or others. They leave a lasting uh, mark um, on the earth and to future generations. And they write basically to leave a legacy. So again, the, there's history, writers, autobiographies, there are people that write autobiographies, and then there are memoirs, and then 2% write, writers write for exposure, for influence and fame. And these people actually use um, their writing um, as a business cards. So they write, and as they write, they become very famous. And these are bloggers. So people are writing, they're not necessarily writing books, but they're blogging because they're interested in becoming influent, an influencer or famous. Um, and you see how people spin off as bloggers and then they do uh, videos and YouTube and the rest is history. They become YouTube uh, famous, Facebook famous. And so there are people that write specifically for Facebook and they literally become Facebook famous. And some people write because of curiosity. They're just curious. Um, and these are why people write. And I'm sure that you're finding yourself somewhere in here. Now, um, it's interesting when when I begin to study uh, about writing and how powerful writing really is and, and what you can do with writing and how so many people have made an amazing living uh, because they chose to write. But why do you want to write a book? Let's start there. Let's sit there. Um, do you want to write it because uh, you want to journal you want to leave a, um, you want to leave a memoir. You want to influence people on an idea. You want to entertain. Uh, you have so much that you want to say. You want to blog. Why do you want to write? And if you can just uh, 
type for me why you want to write um, a book. And if you don't know why you want to write, it's just a compulsion that you have similar to J.K. Rowling. She said, look, I've been writing since I was young. It's a compulsion. I really don't know why I started writing, but I just have to write. But there was a lot of writers when I began to study this, that when they wrote, wrote um, they uh, made a lifestyle and they're multimillionaires and billionaires as a result of this. So one of the worst reasons, the absolute worst reasons to write is you're simply writing to make money. I think that you have to be able to elevate your idea for writing um, and uh, Kim is, Kim, I see you. Kim is watching. And one person, I think it's Tawana Cox. She wants to sit, share her life experiences. Um, Monique says she wants to educate, equip, and empower people. Alicia uh, said, I'm compelled, just like JK Rowling. Um, Anita said, um, Anita Johnson said that she's watching. Um, but why do you want to write uh, Tanjala? That's a pretty name to influence and impact others. Uh, these are all good reasons. Those of you that are, have tuned in, please tell me why you want to write. Um, uh, Carolyn said, God told me. Uh, Marcia said to encourage, empower, and to influence. That's great. Mars, uh, I think it's Marcia. Marcia, um, how do you want to influence people? You want to influence them to do what? To know what? How do you want to influence people? That's important. Um, Helen said to help um, others through my life experience. And Kanisha says, um, she's watching. Hey, Kanisha. Uh, Beverly said, I'm writing to inspire women. That's even um, more through difficult times of transition. Powerful. Because you've already identified um, who you're writing to. And you've identified why you're writing. And you've got your subject matter there. That's really, really powerful. Um, writing comes easy. And I want to share what I know. And this is Evangelist um, that is talking about writing and wanted to share. Joy says to help victims. Wow. This is really, really good. You're really drilling down. Jacqueline is watching. Why do you want to write? Why do you want to write? Um, Detra D. That Tria says, I want to write to influence, impact, and empower others to break poverty mindset. Very, very powerful reason that, that Tria and to live an abundant life. So you've got two areas that you're looking at for writing. Um, Yana, hey there, to educate and empower others to navigate through the peaks and valleys of weight loss. Amazing. Amazing. Doctor, I have 18 books since 2009 that the Lord has given me. Marcia, yes, absolutely. So let's let's get let's let's really start 
um, really delving into the whole topic of writing. So I did some re- research in UNESCO, that's United Nations Educational Scientific Cultural Organization. And this is going to be important for each one of you to understand. Within a year, a year alone, there's approximately 2.2 million books that are going to be published worldwide. So that means that when you're writing, you've got to keep this in mind that you're competing for intellectual space and that if it's 2.2 million books, people have to decide which one of those books they're going to read. So when you write, you've got to write in such a way that you will distinguish yourself um, apart from all of the other writers so that you have a standout book. Not only a standout title for your book, but a standout book. And the way that you do that is you give your perspective on a topic. And so United States alone is going to publish approximately 328 over uh, a quarter of a million of those books. And they're going to be new titles and new editions. United Kingdom is going to publish 206,000. China, about 186,000. Russia, about 123,000. Germany, about 93,000. Spain, about 86,000. India, about 82,000. Japan, about 78,000. Iran, about 65,000. France, about 67,000. Somewhere between 63 and 67,000. That's a lot of books being pumped into the literary space. So these numbers are really, really uh, staggering, but it also exposes how competitive this field is for a first-time writer. So we're not only talking about first-time authors, we're talking about authors that people recognize and they have a following. So if you're a first-time author, it's very important that you put the time in to publish and to write something that is a bestseller. People ask me all the time, how do you write a bestseller book? You write a bestseller book. That means that you put the time in. That means that you hire um, an editor. You pay for editing. I know a lot of people that just hire a friend that is an English uh, educator or an English um, professional or hire a person that's, that's just good at identifying mistakes um, on a piece of paper. But writing is more sophisticated than that. And so if you look at the number of books that have been published, you begin to understand how important it is for you to learn the the ABCs of writing. So what do you have to know about writing a book? And can anybody write a book? And the, the answer is absolutely, especially if you have the ability to stick to it. You need this stick to itness power because you're going to, it's going to take a lot of discipline. And your mind is really prime intellectual property. You are an, a, uh, an acre of diamond and you can use this intellectual property any way you want. And once you're able to cultivate it, you are able to sweat the equity um, within your mind and within your thoughts through writing books and creating other marketable derivatives that include copyrights, trademarks, uh, products, 
uh, and other proprietary assets um, that you could market and sell. And you take J.K. Rowling. She is an author, probably one of the most famous one. She wrote the Harry Potter series. And so what she did, she primed her mind and she not only wrote a book, but she had other assets that came out of that book. So she had products that came out of it and uh, she she had other things such as toys and other products that they marketed as a result of that. And, you know, when we deal with your mind, we're dealing with like the most amazing intellectual real estate that there is. You can use your mind and pull out your ideas and your philosophies that later you can later license, you commission, you can commission these assets, intellectual assets for business development, for talk shows, for movies, for workshops, for online courses, for consulting, for coaching, for podcasts, for live events. I mean, I can go on and on and on. So when you're sitting writing your book, I also want you to think about the derivatives of this book. You can start a business. What am I going to do uh, with it? So think of your book as a business catalyst, as well as uh, a literary key that unlocks uh, the door to future uh, possibilities and potentialities. So um, learning how to write a book is a skill. And just like you have to learn how to play a musical instrument, um, you have to learn how to write a book because your first draft, you've got to think about sentence construction. You've got to think about syntax, grammar. You've got to think about how am I going to arrange my ideas? You've got to think about storytelling because you're going to take the reader on a journey. And if you're getting at anything out of this, just give me a thumb up. Let me know that this is making sense to you and you're really learning about it. But this is going to be one of the most amazing journeys and discoveries that you will ever take. So if you're a first time author, don't worry if you don't understand everything about how to begin a book and how to write a book, because this is usual for a first time author. It's usual for you to be frustrated. And then we talk about writer's block and we'll talk a little bit later about how to overcome writer's block. But it's, it's normal for you to doubt yourself. And I was reading about Stephen King. He's another famous author and he wrote books, Carrie and It and all of those, you know, horror movies. And his first book that he wrote was Carrie and he threw it in the trash bin because he decided, well, this is not good enough. And, you know, if it wasn't for his wife that fish, fish, fished it out of the trash and encouraged him to publish it, um, he would have been uh, dying with all of this information in his head and he would have died without expressing his potential and how different our world would have been. So, you know, when you sit down, you sit down with courage and you sit down with confidence knowing that I can only tell my story from my perspective. You shouldn't try to um, steal anybody else's intellectual uh, property. 
Um, and this is going to be very important because they have very sophisticated um, programs now that they can dump your entire text into a program. And if you ever write and you have stolen someone's intellectual property without citing it, then uh, you have ruined your history. Uh, you have ruined your destiny as an author. So I want to caution you that it's not necessary for you to steal someone else's ideas or someone else's material. You have enough created juices um, in yourself. And what you do, you tell a story from your perspective. You write from your perspective. You weigh in on a subject from your perspective. And this is your perspective. Nobody has to agree with it, but it is your perspective. And this is why it is important for you to settle down and not feel insecure about what you are bringing to the table. You've got to start somewhere and you cannot start where you're not. You can only start where you are. So let's just establish this, that in order for you to be uh, a best-selling author or even write a book in record-breaking time, firstly, determine why you need to write a book. Why should you write a book? George Orwell, he wrote the famous book, 1984. He said, when I sit down to write a book, I do not say to myself, I'm going to produce a work of art. I write it because there is some lie that I want to expose, some fact to which I want to draw attention. And my initial concern is to get, get a hearing. So why does a writer write a book? Nicole, Nicole Cross said, because it never comes out clearly enough when she speak, she tries to speak. So that may be you. You might say, look, uh, I have so much to say, but I'm not able to articulate what I said, so what I need to say. So I'm going to put pen to paper. And um, a lot of you that are online are, may ask, well, where do the ideas come from? And I, I tell you, uh, they are inspirational ideas that can come from anything. I mean, I travel a lot. Um, it may be something I'm looking at, something I'm reading, something someone says. So you need to be able to stay open to inspiration and make sure you take an old fashioned pen, a piece of paper or use your cell phone and put it on notes. And when you get an inspirational thought, write it down because inspiration comes and goes. And I've had some amazing inspirational ideas for books, titles for books that I said, oh, I'll write it later. And when I get home or when I woke up, I've forgotten it. So now I write on anything. I write on toilet paper. I write on a receipt. Anytime I get an inspirational thought, I write. And so now you need to start paying attention to your thoughts, paying attention to your ideas. But if you want to be a good writer, you've got to be a good reader. And the greatest authors are voracious readers. So learn how to read. I heard someone once say to me when I said, look, you've got to read. Writers are readers and you've got to read every day. And she said, well, I'm afraid that if I read that I will be influenced by, the, by a writer. But you don't have to worry about um, stealing someone's ideas or using someone's ideas if you have integrity. And so uh, if you are a reader, read with integrity, but you're reading so that you could see how other people 
phrased sentences. You're reading because you want to learn about syntax. You're reading because you want to be inspired. You are also reading as a way to research. And even if you're a fiction writer, you want to be as factual as you possibly can. You want to study uh, if you're a non-fictional writer or if you're a fictional writer. And if you're a non-fictional writer, you want to research as much as you can on your subject matter. And then you want to cite other individuals that may be thinking like you that would actually help to um, increase your influence. But because you're citing from them, you're able to borrow their brand as an influencer or a subject matter expert. And so get your hands on as many books as you can of authors that inspire you and read, read, read. Use your cell phone for more than just entertainment. Read it, use it for um, education as well. And uh, download as many books as you can. And as you're traveling, we want to make sure that you're using your time wisely and read. Now, to write and publish books is no small task. It's going to require dedication, commitment, and a whole lot of mental fortitude. And this is going to be important. I want you to be able to carve out time to write. And I want you to write every single day. So here's my instruction. Start off with a Twitter. So I want you to get a Twitter account. If you don't have a Twitter account, I want you to get a Twitter account as soon as this session is over. And I want you to start writing 140 characters every single day. Get used to writing. Number two, I want you to carve out some time to write. Right now, I don't want you to be overly concerned about what you're writing about. I don't want you to say that I'm starting a book, I'm doing my uh, outline for the book, then my chapters, then chapter one, chapter two, chapter three. I don't write books like that. I just get an idea down first. And I write every day. I write on a subject matter every single day. So I want you to carve out an hour a day of your time and I want you to get into a quiet place. I want you to start writing. So the first thing that you're going to do, you're going to write Twitter. If you can put an idea down in 140 characters, you can be a great author and a great writer. So start disciplining your mind to write. Number two, I want you to write every day. And I want you to write a page a day, a minimum of a page. Now, those of you that are already an author, I want you to get in, a, in the habit of writing a thousand words a day. Those of you that are already prolific writers, why don't you start writing a blog? And I want you to take a subject matter, any subject matter you choose. You can write about shoes. You can write about chewing gum. I want you to research that one topic. And I want you to find every writer and I want you to read as many books as you can. And I want you to do that for the next month. I want you to read on the subject. I want you to start taking notes. So as you're reading, I want you to read. I want you to highlight. And you could do that on Kindle. You could do that on any reader. I want you to highlight. After you highlight, I want you to begin to take little notes. They could be on a, uh, a little card, a three by five card, or you can use your phone or you can use a place in your um, on your laptop. And I want you to uh, open up a file called ideas. And then I want you to start a new file on your laptop and um, not only an ideas file, but I want you to put quotes and I want you to put it according to subject matter. 
because when you start writing your book, you can go back to that file, you can pull it out, and you can find your quotes on a particular subject matter, but you can also uh, be able to find ideas that you had. You're going to be able to use it later. I want you to use your time wisely. And as we're talking about writing, um, you're going to write a thousand words a day. And you're going to discipline yourself. Now, those of you that want to be a full-time writer, you're going to have to write um, about seven to eight hours a day. You're going to have to discipline yourself and you're going to have to be committed to write. But just before you start writing, I want you to answer some of these questions and if you can answer them um, either by responding to one or two um, on uh, your uh, response or your notes that are on Facebook Live, or you can write a little note on the side yourself. Why am I writing this book? So what book are you writing? Who you are you writing to? Who is your uh, reader? Who is your end user? Um, who are, are, is your audience that you're writing to? Who is your audience? Why are you writing the book? Is the book a passion project? Are you passionate about it? Uh, are you promoting a product, a business, or a corporate brand when you're writing the book? this book? When you're writing, are you trying to build your personal brand? Are you writing to establish yourself as a subject matter expert? Are you trying to connect to a specific audience? And who is that audience? Are you trying to break into a literary space? Are you trying to make money? Are you writing the book to improve your industry, your professional expertise, your craft or the world? Are you writing the book to supplement a lecture? So say for instance, if you're a speaker, if you're an empowerment specialist, if this is your profession, are you writing the book actually to supplement lectures? And if so, is, is a book the best medium to express this idea? Are you writing this book to help you advance along a specific career path? Is there a, a career path, path that you want to follow? Um, and usually it's a person who wants to be become um, an industry-specific or subject matter expert. So that if this is a part of your career go growth and your career path that you want to journey on, then you need to be able to say that. Are you writing for vanity purposes? And this is great because there are so many people that are pressed to see their name on a book and their cover on a book, uh, their name on a book and or, or their face on the cover of a book. So it's for vanity, vanity purposes. But then there are other people that are writing to leave a legacy. They wanted to leave it for the next generation. Um, and are you writing to bring a new perspective uh, to a topic, um, you know, that will uh, um, excite uh, or spark interest on an already um, existing existing uh, reader base that you have? Uh, do you want to generate side income from this book? Uh, do you have a plan to market, promote and distribute your book? Because it's one thing to to write a book, but how are you going to distribute it? How are you going to promote it? Uh, do you have a publisher? That's important. Do you want to write part-time or do you want to write full-time? 
And then the biggest question is, is this book going to be fiction or nonfiction? And I see all the hearts and the thumbs up. That means that you're really connecting with this. And then are you writing to advance a dream that you have? To, to fulfill a goal or a dream or a vision that you have for yourself to become a writer. And what I want you to do is I just want you to think about that and then just select any four of these reasons for writing. And you can go up to six because this is going to give you the motivation when you have times when you feel like giving up. You can look back at this list and say, okay, this is why I started writing anyway. And it will give you the motivation that you want. I know that there was some time uh, when I was frustrated or I had writer's block and I would ask myself the question, why are you writing anyway? And then inevitably someone would write me back and tell me how their life was impacted by my book. And I go all the way back to reminding myself, this is why you wrote the book in the first place. And it encourages me when I write blogs, when I uh, write uh, tweets um, and people write back and they say, oh, this tweet saved my life or I was on the verge of committing suicide. But something that you said, it makes it all worth living. When you write, it's going to be the loneliest time of your life. So those of you that don't like alone time, you're going to have to get used to it. You're going to have to love it. If you're a social butterfly, you cannot write and be a social butterfly at the same time. You're going to have to carve out some time, determine why you want to write, research your subject matter. And then the other thing that you need to know, you've got to know the genre that you're writing in. So just like I was able to say that there were two categories, fiction and nonfiction. And of course, fiction is something that you're making up to entertain, you know, the end user, the reader. But nonfiction is um, exactly that. It's facts. It's facts on a subject. So if you're a nonfiction writer, I'm a nonfiction writer. That means I have to do a lot of research on a subject matter. And um, if I'm a nonfiction, even nonfiction writers uh, research uh, subject matter. So you these these two categories that you're going to write in and then there's the genre. So if you are a nonfiction writer, you could be writing about art or an autobiography, which is your autobiography or a biography, something that you would uh, write yourself. Um, Isaacson is a uh, biographical writer, and he's the one that convinced Stephen Jobs. Stephen Jobs didn't, was, wasn't concerned about leaving his biography, and he turned down so many writers. But um, this particular author, Isaacson, put pressure on him, and he wrote the book Jobs, which was brilliantly written, but it took a lot of time, a lot of research, a lot of interviews. So if you're going to be write biographies, you've got to be able to interview the individual. And if you're not able to, say, for instance, if they're passed away and you want to study their life, then you've got to write, read all of the books and materials and magazines and news articles so that what you are presenting is factual. Then you have book reviews. So there are people that write, but they write book reviews. And this is a profession. And this still is nonfiction. So another category of nonfiction is cookbooks. Have you ever thought about writing a cookbook? That's nonfiction. People write a diary and they post. Um, and we, we look at Anne Frank's and that was a diary, and we're able to get a glimpse 
into what it was like to be a Jew and a young girl that was hiding um, because she did not want to die. And this is the diary of Anne Franks. And if you want to pick up a copy of that, that's a great book for you to read if you're interested in um, how to write a diary that people eventually will read. And then dictionaries. A dictionary had to be written by someone. Encyclopedias, uh, guides, health book, history books, uh, journals, math, memoirs, prayer books, religious, spiritual books, textbooks, reviews, science, self-help, travel, true crime, uh, human interest, women's books, sex and sexuality, and education. That's some of the genres that you want to write in. So those of you that are listening and you're writing a nonfiction book, would you just uh, send me a quick note as to which of these categories or, or which of these genres in the nonfiction category you're interested in writing? And if you could send me a quick note, that will be great. And then there is the fiction. You have action and adventure and fiction. You have alternative history. You have anthology. You have uh, chick lit and children's books, comic books, coming of age, crime books, drama, fairy tales, fantasy, graphic novels, uh, historical fiction. So someone says, you know, in 1917, this happened, but then they spin off something that was factual and they write uh, a, a, non, a, a fictional book on it. And so if you want to know where to get your inspiration, then you can go back in history and say, I'm going to write a fictional book on why, what could have happened and give my spin on this. You have graphic novels, historical, horror, mystery, paranormal uh, romance. You have picture books, poetry, political thrillers, romance, satire, science fiction, short story, suspense, thriller, and young, adult, young adults. And there's a lot of authors that write these fictional books, but they're writing it in a genre. So if you're going to write a book in record-breaking time, figure out um, what's your genre and whether it's, an, it's anthology or whether it's satire, um, you want to be able to do that. And so I want to give you a couple of keys to good, effective writing. So you start with the, with the two questions. What do I really want to say and who do I want to say it to? What do I really want to say and who do I want to say it to? So you don't want to be intimidated as a new writer um, because, you know, many new writers uh, threw their first um, manuscript away uh, and some because publishers said, I don't want it published. I don't want to publish your book. And one such writer or two such writers is Dr. Seuss. He got turned down so many times. And then uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul. That, that, one of the publishers, publishers says that nobody wants to read stories. They want to read uh, novels. And at that particular time, the authors were introducing um, uh, a new kind of genre in writing, and that's telling stories. And they, they got turned down over and over and over and over. And then there was a publisher uh, that was right down the street from my house in um, Boca Raton, Florida, where I used to live. And they picked it up. Uh, they were um, health, communicate, health communication. 
and they picked up the books, they published it, and the rest is history. They sold millions and millions, and they became a best-selling author. So what you want to do is to figure out why you're writing, and then you want to be able to begin to tell your story. And it's important that you take your, 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 your reader on a journey, so don't tell the whole story in the first chapter. You've got to tantalize them. And what I want you to do is to experiment with language and uh, uh, instead of saying that they were successful, use the language climbing, they climb the ladder of success. That means that you've got to know your figures of speech. And so when we talk about figures of speech, I want to give you some examples. And there are a lot of figures of speech. There's the alliteration that you can use where you repeat um, the initial consonant sound on um, every word that follows. So um, Peter Pepper picked a pack of pickled peppers. If Peter Piper picked a pack of pickled peppers, how many pickled peppers did Peter Piper pick? You learned that when you were young, she sells, she, she sells seashells by the seashore. And that's an alliteration. You're going to, uh, the, the first consonant in a word, you, you, you repeat that consonant. Then there is an, uh, the anaphora. And that's how you write and you, you, it's the repetition of the same word or phase at the beginning of successive clauses of verses. Um, you would say, um, I was in the wrong place at the wrong time on the wrong day with the wrong people. So that's how you do it. And um, you then could say, if I was uh, with the right people at the right time at the right place, these things wouldn't have gone wrong. Then you have antithesis is when you lay something that's juxtaposed. Um, uh, man prospers, but God no, man proposes, but God disposes. So that's a figure of speech. Um, speech is silver, but silence is gold. Then you have apostrophes. Uh, that's when you address a non-existing person or an inanimate object as though it was living. And that you will talk about a stupid car, but a car doesn't have an intellect. So it's not really stupid. But you're 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 talking about it as if um, it has an intellect, a dumb rock, you know, uh, rocks are not dumb because they don't have an intellect. And then you have um, a chiasmus and that's spelled C-H-I-A-M-U-S. And this is a verbal pattern in which the second half of an expression is balanced against the first. Um, and then Shakespeare was the great metaphor writer. He said, all the world's a stage. And each one of us uh, are act actors. We have our own entrances and exits. You know, he's able to speak in a metaphor. And then you have mitonomies. Um, and the a mitonomy is... Um, you being, being able to speak in such a way that it, it gives you a picture. Take one figure of speech and every night as you're writing, you know, those thousand words or a page a day, I want you to choose just one of those figures of speeches. And I want you to write um, so that you can get a handle of it. And then as you're reading, I want you to be able to identify those figures of speeches uh, with these great authors. The last one is an oxymoron. Um, I love the oxymoron of pure deception. And we know deception is not pure, but it's an oxymoron. Or someone says, uh, this is to die for. 
They don't really mean they want to die. It's just an oxymoron. What about loud silence? Um, there's another one, bittersweet. Um, these are oxymorons. Let me give you an opportunity to put together an oxymoron of yourself. If you could think of an oxymoron uh, like loud silent or silent noise um, or um, uh, dark euphoria. These are oxymorons. Can you put an oxymoron together for me? Those of you that are online, uh, come up with an oxymoron. Um, I'll give you a, another oxymoron. They were conspicuous. They were cons uh, conspicuously absent. Uh, watch this. They were obviously absent. Um, this is cruel kindness. Uh, what about deafening silence? If it's silent, it, it, it can't make you deaf, right? Deafening silence. Um, let's see. Um, there was a dull roar. That's, that's an oxymoron, isn't it? Um, these are oxymorons. How about if you were writing about marriage alone together? So if you're with someone, it's impossible for you to be alone, but you, you are alone in a crowd. That is an oxymoron. Hot, um, hurt so good. That hurt so good. Very good. Um, a gentle warrior. Wow. Uh, small is the new big. Very good. Dry waters. Very good. Uh, dark light. Love it. Dark light. Keep going. Oxymorons. Um, and that dark light is amazing because we talk about uh, anything that is evil and you're getting inspiration from evil. That's dark light. Detria, uh, uh, dying to live. Excellent. Excellent. That's a fantastic oxymoron. Uh, dying to live. We're dying to live. Anyone else has an oxymoron? Clearly confused. Wow. Ah, that's very good. Clearly confused. So you're getting the hang of it. You want to um, clearly confuse. Um, I hope you're getting anything, uh, getting something out of this. So when you write, you've got to write with figures of speech and you've got to be able to use everything that you've got, whether it's similes or anything else with that. I want to share with you and really encourage you to write um, using figures of speech, making sure you're reading, making sure that you discipline yourself. And then here's the most important thing. Set a timeline. I want you to know when you're going to start and when you're going to finish. So if you're going to start writing a book, and you're saying, I'm going to start, I'm going to finish in six weeks, or I'm going to finish in two months. A lot of people have wiggle room and their book writing goes on and on and on and on and on and on. And five years later, they're still writing. That is because they don't have a hard start date and a hard finish date, and they don't wiggle out of that. So those of you that are going to be writing your first time author or you're writing your second book and you wish you had this information before you start writing, what I want you to do is I want you to give me a hard date when you're going to start writing your book and then the, a hard date 
when you're going to finish writing your book. So I want you to, if you can, type in, when are you going to start writing your book, please? When are you going to start writing your book? And when are you going to finish? So if you're going to give yourself six months, give yourself six months. If you're going to give yourself a year. But this is about how to write a book in record-breaking time. So what I want to do is to give you two months without wiggle room. But some of you might say, Dr. Tram, I've got children, et cetera, et cetera. We want you to write a complete book in two months. A complete book. How to write a book in record-breaking time. So those of you that want less time or more time, please write when you're going to start, the date you're going to start. Is it um, um, starting already and I'm going to finish in two months? What date? What date, please? The day you're going to start, Dyrell, you have your book, um, and I'm going to talk to you about how many words you need. Um, I will publish in June 6th. Um, uh, start February, what day on February and what day in April. So February, um, you started in February and you're going to finish in April. I want to know how many words you have. Okay. If you're writing a book, if it's under 35,000 words, a publisher will not pick you up because that's a booklet. So you have to be able to write a book, say 36 words and above, 36 words and above. And that means if you have, have 36,000 words, 36,000 words, excuse me, and above, 36,000 words, and you have six weeks, you take six into 36, you divide it into 36. So six, six is a 36. That means that every single week you write, got to write 6,000 words. That means if you take one day off like a Sunday, that means for six days out of that week, you've got to write a thousand words a day in order for you to keep up the pace. Do you see how you do that? You divide the words and you don't wiggle out. So for first time writers, I want you to write your book, 36,000 words and above. 36,000 words and above. And um, that's going to be uh, a writing a book. 36,000 words. Absolutely. Hey, Shamalia. Um, 36 words and above. And that's good. And so then you say, if I'm going to write it in six weeks, then that is 6,000 words a week. That means that I've got to write a thousand words a day with one day off. And so the next thing that you have to do is to understand that there are so many authors that are making uh, thousands of dollars. And I want to give you some. Uh, Bill O'Reilly, he's a writer. He is worth $85 million. Janet Ivanovich, she is worth $80 million. Uh, Dean Kuntz and everybody, K-O-O-N-T-Z, $140 million as an author. David Oyedepo, he's a Christian writer, $150 million. Michael Christian wrote, writes, and he's worth $175 million. Uh, uh, Jackie Collins, great writer, $180 million. Everybody would know Dave Ramsey. It's purported that he's worth $200 million. And he writes nonfiction books. He writes on finances. And that's what his net worth is. John Grisham is a um, 
fiction writer. And he's worth $220 million. And I'm going to keep going on. Uh, Stephen King, $400 million. And the top of the list, um, J.K. Rowling is worth $1 billion. She's the richest author in the world. Her success. And she wrote um, fiction books. Um, some of these books were turned into movies. So you have George Lucas, Star Wars, guess what? $3.3 billion. Um, let me see who else you would know. James Cameron, Avatar, $2.04 billion. Um, the Harry Potter, um, he was the one that did the screenwriting for Harry Potter. His name is Steve uh, Clovis. He's worth $1.8 uh, five, five billion dollars. So this is not just the book. These are also st um, screenwriters. You remember Stephen Stallone or Sylvester Stallone, excuse me. He wrote, he wrote the um, script for Rambo, 1.2 billion. A Toy Story. He wrote the script for Toy Story, John Lasseter. And so it's not just writing books. Some of you will write plays. Some of you will write movies. There's all kinds of uh, types of writing that you want to be exposed to. And so when you write, you've got to first establish what your book is about. Who is this book for? What is the big idea behind the book? That's your rationale. Um, what are your strengths and weaknesses in writing? And can you bury your soul in writing? And what can you offer that no one else can offer? And what is your value added takeaway? What do you want people to take away from writing? You don't just want to rumble on and keep rumbling. You want to be able to know, okay, what is the big picture? What do I want um, them to write? And when you start writing, there's two types of writers. There's the pensters and there is the plotter. So these are two different writers. I'm a penster. I just start with a blank page and I go to writing and then I develop it, write, develop what I want to write after that. So you're writing from the seat of your pens. And then there are other people that are more organized. They're going to organize it. They're going to organize their idea. And then they're going to plot it. They're going to do their outline. And then they're going to organize their ideas. They're going to do the research. And then they'll sit down and they'll write. So those are the two types of writers. And just figure out what kind of writer you are. I want to give you just the last few points that when you're writing, you want to make sure that you're breaking your writing up in chunks. Don't feel overwhelmed like you've got to do all of that. And, you you know, discipline yourself to write a page a day. Uh, make sure that, you know, uh, the, the page count that you're going for. I'm, I started writing. Um, I actually am going to turn this into a book. And um, remember, I told you I write every day and I, I already have almost 30,000 words when this was just going to be Facebook Live. So I write every day. And one of the things that you have to do is stop procrastinating. Stop finding other things to do. Sit down and start writing. Be focused, get a quiet place, and just start writing your book. You cannot start writing your book unless you start. I want you to establish your book's controlling idea. What's the big idea behind why you're writing? Make sure that you set a deadline. 
make sure you understand that you have to write a lengthy book. Anything under 35,000 words is a booklet and most publishers will not pick you up. And then get rid of your bad writing habits. And some of the bad habits is you not setting a scheduled time to write, you writing when you feel like it, you procrastinating, you trying to write several books all at the same time, you haven't researched at all, you are not a reader, you're not persistent when you have writer's block, and always tell, talk about this book that you're writing, but you never start. And here's the big thing. You have too much wiggle room. You never finish. And another bad habit that I want you to get rid of is not hiring a professional editor. Stop getting your friends who are English majors to edit your book. Remember I told you that it's 2.2 million books that are going to be flood, flooding the market every year. And people have to decide whether or not they're going to buy your book or buy a best-selling author's book. Is that as good as as that is as easy as that. And when you have best-selling books and when you have evergreen books, I call them evergreen books that people are going to read and they're going to read over and over, you've got to be able to distinguish your voice as an author amongst those 2.2 billion. And you've got to be able to do it because you've taken the discipline to learn language, syntax. You've disciplined yourself. You, you, you've hired an editor You've done the best that you can. And then finally, an editor is not the same thing as a proofreader. You've got to be able to get a proofreader and an editor as well. Finally, it's the whole idea of layout and cover design. You want to hire someone to design your cover. And I want to recommend 99designs. I don't get any money from it, but it's an easy way. Um, it's a simpler way, 99designs, um, to you know be able to uh, get your book cover. And then you've got to be able to say uh, what this book is all about. You just don't give them a title. Tell them what the book is all about. Because you don't want to write a children's book and you've got a horrible a horror figure in front of a children's book, you need to be able to do that. And then you want to be able to have your manuscript in, in draft form and then get ready for your book to be published. Um, you've got to be able to write an engrossing title, something that will distinguish your book about uh, uh, from all of the other books. Make sure that the color is catchy, the title is catchy. And then you want to, then after you... Uh, set your book in order. You want to go about um, uh, advising your book. One of the ways that you can actually get your book looked at, if you can get um, someone to endorse your book or someone to at least talk about it on Facebook where you can borrow um, other people's influence and to be able to talk about that book. And then you want to be able to also make sure that uh, you take yourself seriously by doing the best you can. And so I hope that you got something out of this about how to write a book in record-breaking time. And each one of you are here um, because obviously you either have that press in your spirit, you have the potential, God spoke to you, um, it's part of your job, you want to start a blog. Uh, you want to leave a legacy. You want to influence people with your ideas and thoughts. 
you want to weigh on a subject, you want to be a subject uh, matter expert, you, this is a part of your career path that you are taking. Uh, but whatever uh, you reason why you are writing this book, I want to make sure that you are writing and writing a best-selling author so that at the end of the day, when you take it to the marketplace, people are interested in buying. And I just believe that those of you that have tuned in amongst all of you, you we do have best-selling authors. How do you become a bestseller? You write a bestseller book. And how do you write a bestselling book? You write a bestselling book. And even though it, that's irony, it's a figure of speech. Um, and, um, even though it may seem as if um, I'm saying the same thing, I'm really not. You sit down, you put energy into it. And if you're going to write, write. And you discipline yourself. It's going to take a lot of fortitude a lot of lonely moments when other people are outside playing for the next six weeks or the next two months or the next six months or whatever date you're putting down for writing your book. We want you to take yourself serious. And if you don't take yourself serious, nobody else will. And so I hope that you got something out of that. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.